Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where we discuss the technical and people side of safety. Safety should be your primary leadership tool for discovering more about your people and culture. Your host is Dr. Mark French, also known as the Safety Dude. Mark is a credentialed, experienced, and passionate professional with experience in automotive, food, chemical, nuclear, e-commerce, and energy sectors. He is going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety based on industrial and organizational psychological theories. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in people management and how they impact our everyday workplace. Welcome to this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast. Hi, I'm Mark. I am your host, and I am so happy you've joined me for this episode as we talk about leadership. We talk about safety. We talk about psychological safety. We cover those things that really lead to better engagement, better people efforts, uh, better ways of just doing what we do to engage our team. Uh, This week, I had a, a whole thought on a whole different direction I was going to go until I came across a news article that I tweeted about earlier in the week. So join me on Twitter at DrSafetyDude11, kind of an unfiltered version of things I talk about, uh, some early things that may lead to further discussion. This one was from an NPR station in Kansas City, Uh, talking about a federal investigation into child labor violations. And this wasn't just child labor violations. This was significant safety violations. This started uh, in Nebraska and moved into Missouri. I think it'll spread further. I think it should spread further. And I'm honestly still outraged. I've read it, I've thought about it, I have digested what it has said, and I am just absolutely just blown away with this is the United States. I cannot believe that these things still happen. The 21st century, 2022. And these are the things that are happening. So let's talk about this. So what has happened here is the U.S. Department of Labor is looking at the illegal use of children working at dangerous jobs at meatpacking and slaughtering facilities in at least three states, perhaps more. So what is happening is that it started off as a labor wage and hour division because, of course, during work nights, kids can't do an overnight shift. These kids, teenagers were being brought in under the guise of sanitation. Uh, There was a total of 31 children between the ages of 13 and 17 at this point here, and this is only in Nebraska. They work for a company called PSSI, and basically 
Packer Sanitation Services Incorporated. What this organization does is on the night shift, they come in and do sanitation for food companies. So the food company contracts them rather than having their own sanitation team. The food company uh, contracts with this organization that says, we're going to do it better for you. We'll do it right. We make sure it's all good. And this contract firm comes in and does the cleaning and the sanitation on the food equipment. Now, this is a highly dangerous job, uh, especially in meatpacking areas where there's a lot of things that cut, slice, divide. And coming from the food industry, we actually had our own sanitation group. We had our people who did it. And so we had to create the practices behind it. So I understand a little bit about behind the safety of sanitation in a food industry. One, the chemicals are harsh. You were wearing a full neoprene outfit, almost what I would call considered like level B PPE with goggles and face shield. So you were covered head to toe, gloves, wash boots. Usually it's like waders almost. And you would cover your head because if you have anything over overhead sanitation lines or overhead uh, assembly uh type conveyor belt things, you would have to essentially you shoot foam into the air and then scrub them with a brush. So it's head to toe. You are in PPE goggles, usually a face shield too, to assure a splash back not on your face. And you're working with chemicals like ammonia and you're working with very strong biocides. Why? Because the food has to be safe. There's no way to not have a harsh chemical in that industry because it has to be clean. You can't allow any bacteria, any virus to survive during that cleaning because that could contaminate the food supply. Super important. But also what's super important is good training, good PPE use, and good work practices to assure that you minimize splashback. You minimize how much uh, extra contact. You minimize the decontamination of rinsing that stuff off before you start doffing it. And even how you don it and even tape up the sleeve sometimes to assure that you're safe while doing that work. Now, that's just the chemicals. There also has to be assurance that the equipment is shut down. Lockout, tagout, turning it off. My guess is these kids, one, you it's illegal for the standpoint of labor to have these kids in these dangerous situations. It's illegal to have these children working during this time. It's illegal for the work practices they were doing, even from adult standpoint, from a safety standpoint. Uh, from a lockout tagout, making sure the equipment is turned off, locks are applied. And what is happening is not only were these kids being exploited through the work, they were getting hurt on the job. There were chemical burns, lacerations, other industry, uh, other injuries, uh, such as slips and falls, because it's wet. It's a wet environment. And of course, I will put a link to this news story in my uh, in the comments. So if you if you follow me through LinkedIn, if you follow me uh, on my Facebook page, there will be a link to this news story there. And there's a picture of a child, a child wearing the PPE, and I would say wearing it properly ish, but should have more cleaning this meat packing facility. We've had a number of discussions on the podcast here recently about. What happens when you subcontract? And this is beyond a scale of things I have uh, 
even thought were possible. I mean, when you look back in the meatpacking industry and the history of some of the issues that it's had of, of exploitation years and years and years ago from Upton Sinclair even, and you look now at 13 years old, most of them spoke very little English. Most of them were taking advantage of working overnight. And when they would show up at school, the school knew they were working overnight. We're trying to figure out what to do, wasn't sure what to do, because these kids couldn't perform in class because they were working. Um, PSSI also worked, uh, they completed multiple audits, of course. So PSSI says we worked with the DOL recently and we completed multiple audits and found no issues. Uh, PSSI will continue to cooperate with the, the Department of Labor and we have an absolute prohibition against employing anyone under the age of 18. That's their statement. I mean, they have about 17,000 workers um, throughout their organization. They're a big organization. They do a lot of work for different places, but there's something wrong here, deeply wrong. And I think even from a larger standpoint of what are your, your safety practices uh, and how do they, how did you miss this as a company? How did you miss this as someone who hired this company. And I will say that's unbelievable how this happens. So let's take a break. Let's come back. And from an HR and safety standpoint, I'm fired up about this. We're going to talk more about what could have caught this and why this is just unacceptable. It's time to rehumanize the workplace. Having the means and methods to engage and empower your team is more important than ever. Fortunately, TSD Amalgamated is here for you. They focus on better understanding your organization's culture through team building, safety auditing, personal assessments, leadership training, and compliance-based systems. Their staff has the training, knowledge, and experience to help you achieve safety, compliance, and beyond. Visit tsdamalgamated.com for more information. Welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. I am your host, Mark. Glad you're here. Thanks for listening. We're talking about contractors again, and we're talking about more than just safety violations. We're talking about wage and hour issues. We're talking about exploitation of children. We're talking about terrible, terrible practice that allows something like this to happen. Investigators, so this is... Potentially, it's in Nebraska, in Missouri. It's also probably in more states where this organization hired children, 13 to 17 years old, that spoke very little English, uh, so much so that the DOL had to bring in interpreters to do interviews, and found out they were working night shift on the kill floor of meatpacking facilities doing sanitation, Harsh chemicals, dangerous tools, dangerous work, overnight work. There's nothing, I don't think I can find anything legal about what they were doing here. It was a complete disaster. And as someone who has employed contractors, I wonder, did no one notice? Was any, a, a night shift security guard noticing that children were coming into work at this location? Was there not a review of security footage? Was there not anyone that occasionally checked in on this contractor at all to see that there were children doing sanitation at a food packing plant? 
How is there so little oversight of such a dangerous process in a contract work capacity? Am I perfect as a safety professional? No. Can I get everywhere all the time, be all the places? No. Did I generally and occasionally check in on my contractors that were in my site doing some of the most dangerous work? Yes. And would people come and talk to me if they saw weird things with contractors? Yes. So it's an open communication, open engagement, open understanding. There's a lot of that. But I still wonder, where did it go wrong? How can children be working this long, doing this type of work, and getting injured? Because if someone gets injured at a site, even if it's a contractor, the people who own that site should be told there are injuries, there are lacerations, there are burns, there are things going on that are wrong. And from a hiring perspective, when you're processing someone's payroll, is there not a red flag somewhere that says, did you realize you're paying a 13-year-old on the payroll the social security number and birth date that you verified just aren't right. Something's wrong here when you're paying them. The the validation of that this person is is not who they should be is wrong. How do you hire supervisors or other people who hire for you and they do this as part of your company standard? It's hard not to criticize. I get that. And I'm playing Monday morning quarterback. I'm doing everything that I hate. But this one blows my mind of how many ways this should have been caught. And what kind of organization empowers supervisors to do something this illegal, this unsafe? How are they validating from a whole standpoint of sanitation? How are you validating that the equipment you're coming in and working on is locked out? Who hands that over to this crew that says it's fine to go? My meat slicer over here is locked out because under lockout tag out law, I have to apply my lock on there after I validate that it's not turning on. So there was a handover. There was a handover from someone in that plant to someone in sanitation to see there were kids there. Or, again, here's another process that was completely, absolutely, 100% broken. So I first learned of this article through Jordan Barab and his confined space uh, blog entry. Fantastic writing. And he I, certainly I felt the outrage in his writing. And then I started researching it and also felt some outrage. Because as a safety professional, as an HR professional, these are the things that I fight tooth and nail to try to prevent. I try to fight to empower my team and my people and my organization to do the right, ethical, legal, right thing so that we can put our heads on a pillow. And are we perfect? Of course not. Can you come in and find things we can improve? Absolutely, 100%. Are we make gross negligence? No. And that's a hard walk sometimes. And it can be a difficult path. But in this case, 13 and 17-year-olds, ammonia burns, those are rough. They're painful. They're not good. From a chemical standpoint, not a very pleasant, no, any burn is a pleasant experience. 
working overnight, not able to go to school to better themselves, doing this in a, in a very dominating environment, what kind of supervision allows that? What kind of ethical person allows that? What kind of human being, less than human, to allow that to happen? What kind of checks and balance? Was anybody doing audits? Was anybody even looking at this data? And there's a lot of data here that would suggest that this could have been caught, should have been caught, should have never been a whistleblowing type thing. This should have been caught, corrected, prevented, reported. Unbelievable. In court documents, the Department of Labor actually accused PSSI of interfering with the investigation by denying investigators access to document obstructing interviews with workers. Unbelievable. This is, uh, it continues this report from NPR and this uh, station and is unbelievable. An injunction, of course, was put into place. The judge granted it immediately. The work was done. Wouldn't be happening any further. This has so much on a scale of just I can't believe that I am reporting this in the Midwest, in the United States, that this is something that is an acceptable work practice. And as safety professionals and HR professionals and leadership, it hurts to see that happen. And this is where we fight to prevent this from happening through our outrage. Anyway, I am glad you joined me on this episode. I took this a whole new direction than I thought it was going to go in the beginning. Hopefully the next one will be a little bit more positive for us. I look forward to that. Join me on the web, markafrench.com, tsdaleadership.com. Facebook page is there, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of the fun stuff. I love interacting with my fellow professionals who I know also are driving for us to make a better world for our people through the practices that we put in place every day and the hard work we put into doing the right thing and humanizing our workplace. So until next time we chant, stay safe. listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the online conversation at www.markafrench.com. All opinions expressed on the podcast are solely attributed to the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.